In the south of Switzerland is the only Italian-speaking canton, Ticino. Ticino is known for its picturesque landscapes, where medieval castles and clear blue lakes sit against a backdrop of towering alpine mountains. But in 2019, a new addition was made to the landscape. There is now a 75-metre-tall crane with six arms stretching out 66 metres wide. The crane is surrounded by dozens of giant 35-tonne blocks, and the crane spends all day stacking the blocks up in a tower around itself and then dropping them back down to ground. The reason behind this strange process is energy storage. Energy storage is, is what's standing between us today in our clean energy transition, between having the ability to really begin in large scale the decarbonization and the migration from relying on fossil fuels 2020 was the greenest year for UK electricity, with almost a quarter of electricity coming from wind energy. But to ensure that energy can be provided even when renewable energy sources aren't able to produce it, the national grid is investing heavily in energy storage solutions. So if you look at some of the cheapest fossil fuel plants, you can build out brand new wind and solar today, brand new builds, for between one to two cents a kilowatt hour. So the issue isn't the cost of renewables being cheaper, it's much cheaper. So what's missing is the ability to store this energy when it's not needed by the grid. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Tim Sheehan. And I'm Jane Sophia. In this episode, we're looking at how the novel idea of using gravity to store energy could be the key to unlocking a green energy future, and how pursuing this idea has led to new innovations like six armed cranes, 35-ton blocks, and software that is helping across the energy market. Pumped hydro storage is the oldest and primary form of energy storage. It accounts for 95% of current global capacity. The first pumped hydro storage facility is also in Switzerland, and was built in 1909. Energy storage also comes in many other forms, like compressed air, thermal storage, batteries, and gravity storage. And the global market for energy storage is expected to explode over the next 10 years. In the UK in 2012, just two megawatts of energy storage capacity was deployed. However, massive investment into this sector over the last decade has resulted in a huge increase in capacity with 446 megawatts of storage being deployed in 2021. And this is only a tiny fraction when compared to global growth. According to the 2022 Energy Storage Outlook report, by 2030, 568 gigawatts of new energy storage will be deployed every year globally. Currently, 2.8 gigawatts of the UK's total 4 gigawatt of energy storing capacity is from pumped hydro storage. And for the first time in over 30 years, a new hydro-pumped storage project is being built in the UK. The new project in Scotland will have 1.5 gigawatts of storing capacity. But pumped hydro storage is very expensive to build, and it requires a specific geography with two reservoirs at different heights passing water back and forth. Most of the recent UK investment into the industry has been put towards battery projects. 
Currently, according to Renewables UK, there's 27 gigawatts worth of capacity and battery storage projects in the pipeline across thousands of different projects. But battery storage has a low average storage capacity. For battery projects being deployed in 2021, the average size was 45 megawatts, and they degrade over time. Whereas the new pumped hydro project has 1,500 megawatt capacity. Battery also provided a much shorter length of energy storage, with most current projects ranging from one to two hours of discharge. But gravity storage could potentially provide both long duration discharge and have a high storage capacity that the energy storage market needs. This is exactly what the company behind the giant crane in Switzerland is hoping. Robert Picconi is the CEO of Energy Vault, and although their solution to energy storage is lifting up 35 tonne blocks, that wasn't the first idea they had. So we did look at different ultra-low-cost materials to try to suspend water at height and mirror what a pumped hydro dam does, but where you could build it anywhere, not relying on mountains or, uh, or you know, water, uh, having existing water reservoirs or having a specific geology below. An earlier iteration of the concept of us using various types of structures to essentially suspend water at height and lower it and then repump it back up to the top of a structure. We looked at steel cylinders. We looked at very interesting structures. But they decided the structures would be too large and costly for a water-based system. So instead of using falling water to turn a turbine, they've decided to use 35-ton blocks. We are utilising these blocks as sort of the storage medium. At height, it's all potential energy, right? Like any object of a weight at height, just like in your car, you're at the top of the hill. And then that obviously lowers and becomes kinetic energy, and then we, we convert that into electricity. As a wind or solar farm generates power, the excess energy is used to power a motor that lifts and stacks the 35-ton blocks on top of one another, making a circular wall around the crane. Then, as the energy is needed, the crane one by one places the giant blocks back onto the ground while converting that kinetic energy to electrical energy. And since 2019, EnergyVault's first gravity storage design has been delivering stored power to the Swiss grid. Building a 75-metre-tall, 66-metre-wide, six-armed crane that lifts 35-tonne blocks did present a few challenges. Firstly, the giant blocks had to be stacked and dropped with extreme precision, or the wall of blocks stacked around the crane would be at risk of collapsing and a six-armed, 75-metre-tall crane is very exposed to the elements. Where you have high winds or you have cold temperatures, and everything from just first the pendulum effect of a massive object, which a lot of people look at that and say, wow, how do you stop that in the wind? Even low levels of wind had to be taken into account when the crane was operating to allow the crane placement to be precise enough. The other thing we had to account for were even things like the deflection of the crane right, of the arm that has the weight on it and even the elongation of the cable. So really amazing science. There was not a software out there that did it, nothing serving the crane industry. So we developed our own algorithm. The other main issue they faced was the blocks themselves. No one had ever built 30 to 35 metric ton blocks before in a way that could be efficient. And we also knew we couldn't use concrete. 
Concrete is not only very expensive, but for every tonne produced, 72.5 kilograms of CO2 is emitted. So Energy Vault partnered with Semex to make the blocks out of recycled materials. The mix they created was a combination of coal ash and wind turbine blades. One billion tonnes of coal ash is produced in the US every year, and wind turbine blades have a lifespan of 25 years before they're thrown in a landfill. Once they had the software, the crane and the blocks, their first demonstration unit was up and running. Once they had proved that their design could work, they had to prove that it performed well as a form of energy storage. The, the first performance factor that everybody was looking at was the round-trip efficiency, meaning for every unit you store, how much can you give back to the grid given losses that take place in any thermodynamic process or, in this case, any mechanical system. So th this was fundamental. We proved that out at just over 75% round-trip efficiency which in a system that was designed for speed and not to optimize for efficiency at that point. So that was important. And if the design was scaled up to full size, with 7,000 individual blocks, it would be capable of powering several thousands of homes over an eight-hour discharge time. But it did have problems. Exposure to the elements means it can't operate in all conditions. And the crane system itself was far too tall for most international building codes, which would massively limit where they could be built. And the design didn't allow for easy scalability in systems storage capacity. That led to us redesigning the system to be essentially 40% lower and basically permittable on any international building code. This means that the new design, called the EVX, can be built anywhere that a 20-storey building can be built. The new design they came up with did away with the crane arms lifting up the blocks. Instead, the system works more like rows of freight lifts that take the blocks to the top of the building. Then, the blocks are slid along the top of the building on tracks before they can be dropped down the other side. The other element Energy Vault wanted to change in their second design was allowing for flexibility in the discharge duration. So they were really looking for something that where you could, what we call decouple energy and power. What does that mean? That means where a customer could say, hey, in this part of the country uh, or in this state, for example, in the US, I need a four hour system, 100 megawatt, so 400 megawatt hour. But over here in this state, I want 100 megawatt of power over two hours. So a 200 megawatt, or I want, you know, 250 megawatts of power over four hours, a full gigawatt hour. So they wanted the ability to customize the power and essentially the storage duration or, or, or the, what we call the energy. So that's what led to the other thing then about us developing a modular system, basically, that's built out just like a building. And, and we cladded it as well so that we could protect from the environment and, and have something not only shorter in height, but that would be more simplified and more of a vertical motion. And the new building-like design means they can be put anywhere buildings can be put and are scalable up to whatever size is needed. We could start at anywhere from 40 to 50 megawatt hour. We, we really need that size because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a structure, it's a foundation, it's a fixed frame. We have to mobilize and build things on the site. So we, we started about 40 to 50 megawatt hour. You know, the first system we announced that's being built right now in China is 100 megawatt hour, 25 megawatts 
over four hours, so 100 megawatt hours. That's a, that's a good sized system. Construction on the first EVX has been underway in China since March 2022 and is expected to be completed by the end of the year. The energy storage system is being built next to a wind farm and is then connected to the State Grid Corporation of China, the world's largest utility company which provides power to 1.1 billion people in China. And by scaling up the number of these gravity storage systems, you can create what Energy Vault call resiliency centers. Um, really, our, these large resiliency centers just mean that we're building that out, out toward at least three to 400 megawatt hours and above. And, and that just gets into a, a much larger footprint for the system. Uh, but it, it's the same modules that just get built out in these sort of four meter by four meter modules and defining based on the power and the energy requirements of the customer. There are plans for a resiliency center made up of the EVX systems, which will be capable of multiple gigawatt hours of storage. The plan is for it to be built in Queensland, Australia, and it will store renewable energy to power what will be the world's first green zinc refinery. But even with the new design being able to adjust storage duration and capacity, Robert still believes there is no one answer to the energy storage problem. First of all, I would tell you there is no silver bullet in storage and the reason is, first of all, it's a very difficult problem to solve, let alone for one segment, let's say shorter duration, versus another segment, longer duration. I mean, just to, first of all, just to solve it for one segment of the market, but you can't typically use one technology to solve both a shorter duration storage need and a longer duration need, just because of the nature of the, the type of, whether it be chemistry or the type of mechanical or thermodynamic processes you need to economically solve that problem with a certain level of efficiency. But he does think gravity storage will prove useful for long duration storage at massive scales. What I feel great about, I mean, with gravity, it's a very interesting technology for the, the large scale, large utility scale, longer duration, where you look at levelized cost over time, not just the initial capex, but because, for example, with our system, we don't degrade over time, so you don't need to replace and, and add augmentation capex. Also, the operating cost is, is pretty low. You don't have to air condition these, these buildings that, that we use, for example. So your operating cost is, is low, and therefore your, your levelized cost over time on longer projects, you know, 20, 30, 35 years, becomes very attractive. This means gravity storage could work well when coupled with renewable energy generation. So... I guess the you, you, gravity is an option where you're building out in these areas where there's large wind and solar. You've got the land. There's not an issue with 20-story buildings, and you're and you have a long project life. So there's a lot of different use cases where I think gravity makes sense. There's others where other technologies will be appropriate. But for places where gravity storage isn't the solution, Robert Picconi believes the Energy Vault still has something to offer. They are now using their energy management software to help optimize other energy storage solutions. That's why we, Johnny, developed our software group, as we announced last year, that allows us to use an energy management platform where if, for example, gravity is not the answer, we're providing this enhanced software management platform where we can integrate any battery storage technology. And that's, that's exciting for us. Software is is an extremely important part of our solution. And I would say it's the most important sort of tip of the spear now for us as we talk to customers, whether we're going to deploy gravity or 
or another technology that might be a better fit. Now, along with building their first full-scale gravity storage system in China, they're also implementing their energy management software at three US battery storage sites to improve their efficiency. As the energy storage market grows, there is space for new and creative forms of energy storage. Most of the current storage capacity comes from pumped hydro storage, and most of the investment is in battery storage. The International Energy Agency projects that there will have to be a 35-fold increase in battery storage over the next 10 years. But each solution comes with drawbacks, whether that's cost efficiency, storage capacity or discharge rate. But Robert thinks continuing innovation and providing multiple different energy storage solutions will be crucial to allowing the transition to renewable energy resources. Really, we, we need a lot more innovation in this space. There's no silver bullet. There's going to be a lot of winners, I think, for people that can solve the economic and sustainability issues. So that's fundamental. Customers are making decisions not just on cost or even CapEx now. It's not only levelized cost, but sustainability. Are you local? How, how risky is your supply chain? Look at what's happened with lithium-ion and the, the demand with electric vehicles, the scarcity of supply, and therefore you have prices going up for example, and, and it only comes from a few places in the world, that creates risk in the supply chain. So there's a lot of other factors that, that is driving a lot of different innovation now for energy storage, but I, I maintain that we're still far behind as an in industry of where we need to be to, to really accelerate deployment of, of renewables to, to replace fossil fuel. Engineering Matters is a production of Rebe Media. This episode was written and produced by Johnny Dowling. Hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. Co-hosted by Jane Sophia. Editing by Bernadette Ballantyne. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. And our own energy storage machine is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening you can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn.